Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ. Right now, turn to your neighbor and greet them. Good morning. Just give your neighbor a handshake. Say good morning. Give your other neighbor a handshake. Say good morning. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake. Say good morning. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake. Say good morning. And right now, greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Good morning. Yes, you're all welcome to the presence of God today in Jesus' name. Right now, you may have your seats. Yes, good morning, everyone. Uh, by the special grace of God, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm originally from the United Kingdom, and I'm an evangelist here at the Synagogue Church of All Nations. Now, before I start today's message, I want to first and foremost pay tributes to Prophet T.B. Joshua. <laughs> Prophet T.B. Joshua is more than just uh, a father or a mentor. He's, he's my hero in Christ. Because... If not for Prophet T.B. Joshua, someone like me, I would not be a Christian today. I'm from, uh, originally from the United Kingdom where there are now more atheists than there are Christians. And 90% of young people don't go to church. I'm part of a generation that was so tired of hypocrisy especially in the church. But Prophet T.B. Joshua has redefined what Christianity is to me. And I have no words that can express how grateful to God I am for the privilege to be here with you. We are part of history. And no words can describe that appreciation to God. I just want to quickly tell you before we start the message, many, many years ago, um, when I was first introduced to this ministry, I'm talking of nearly 15 years ago, whilst I was in UK as a little boy, I was about 12 years old, someone told me about the Synagogue Church of All Nations, and actually one of my family members wanted to visit the church. I went on Google, as we do in our generation today, and typed, who is TB Joshua? And what I read was shocking. I read that he was an occultic man, <laughs> that he was using powers that are not of God. I read that everyone in Christianity here in Nigeria had basically disowned and rejected him. That's what I read on the internet 15 years ago. But today, the stone that the builders rejected and do you know what's very interesting the people that once condemned prophet TB Joshua are the very same people who are now imitating him 
the people that said no this is not of God this is not Christian look at the way he's stretching his hand today they are the ones doing their hand like this the ones that said oh anointing water it's not of God it's marine power today they have money water in their pockets here 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 they have sticker on their car they are ministering it in their church Today you watch television, you see in churches people begin to perform mass prayer. The pastor praying at the front. Where did that start? Where did that start? Today you see people being prayed for on the prayer line, they are holding placards. Where did that start? Tell your neighbor, I'm in the right place. It has gone from condemnation to imitation. Because if God be for you, no one can be against you. I'm just telling you this to thank God for my life that I'm here today. And I want to encourage you once again before we start today's message that you have come to the right place. And all I know, and I'm finishing with this, all I know is if this generation does not value Prophet T.B. Joshua, generations yet unborn will. So once again, you're all welcome in Jesus' name. I just want to quickly find out something. Who is here today who traveled here from another country? If you're from another country, just rise to your feet. You traveled here from another country to be here today. Just rise to your feet. Thank you. You may, you may sit down. People of God, what we have here is more than oil. You say Nigeria has resources of oil. What you have here is more than oil. Please don't, don't misuse this grace God has given to you. T today I'm going to talk about something that is, is very close to my heart. And it's, it's a reflection of what is happening in our society today and once again brethren I'm just calling you as you receive this message to check yourself tell your neighbor check yourself tell your other neighbor check yourself tell yourself check yourself you know the reason I'm asking you to check yourself is because this is not our first time in church this is not the first sermon we're about to hear and this is not the first truth we're about to receive we have been hearing messages, inspirational teachings, words of wisdom for so long. But how much of these messages translates into change in our daily lives? For how long will we just be a bench warmer in our church? I, I have observed in life that it appears what people are running after today, what people are seeking, ultimately does not satisfy them. Praise the Lord. 
Can I hear you? Praise the Lord. Are you with me, people of God? What people are running... I'm just giving a general observation of our life. What people are running after today, usually, 99% of the times, does not seem to satisfy them. And I can compare it to a race. I'm going to give a little example. I hope you follow me with this example. I'll compare it to a race. You know, our life is a race. And today you see people running after a certain thing, believing that if they reach that thing, or get that thing, or obtain that thing, somehow they will be fulfilled, or content, or satisfied. But each time they seem to reach that destination that they're seeking, before you know it, they start looking for something else. So let's just imagine here, I'm, I'm going to be running a race, so I'm not going to run too fast because it's very hot here. I'm going to be running a race, so here I am, I'm running, okay? Now what I'm looking for at this time, I'm looking for money, tell your neighbor money. Tell your other neighbor money. Okay, now I'm going here around the church looking for money. Striving, seeking for money. Finally I reach my destination, I find money. Praise the Lord. Here I am. I have money here. This is money. Many of us in the pursuit of money have compromised our values. Many of us in the pursuit of money have gone away and astray from God's purpose for our lives. But we just feel if I can get money, I will be satisfied. If I can get money, I'll be happy. If I can get money, I'll be content. You get money. Are you truly fulfilled? What what happens then? You begin to look for something else. Here I go. Now, I've got money. I need position. Tell your neighbor position. Tell your other neighbor position. I'm looking for position. I'm looking for position. I want to be the CEO. I'm not satisfied with my current situation. I want to be higher. Finally, I get to there. Here is position. Tell your neighbor position. You, some of us, in the process of looking for position, we have gone outside of God's word. Some of us have compromised, we have engaged in stealing, killing and destruction just to get position. Some people, ladies, have slept with their bosses just to get position. Some men have engaged in criminal activities just to get position. Finally, you get there. Are you content? Are you fulfilled? Is that what you're looking for? What happens? You begin to look for something else. Let's go. You begin to look for something else. There must be something more. I'm looking now for fame. I need fame. God, I need fame. Some of us even come to church praying for fame. We come, God, give me fame. We're looking for fame. Here we go. We're looking for fame. We're running around trying to find that fame, trying to find what we're looking for. By the time we get to the fame, what happens? Are we fulfilled? I I don't know if I'm talking to someone. We get fame, popularity, people know us, our name is known. Are we content? I'm not, I'm just asking you to check yourself. Many of us, what we are pursuing are things that ultimately cannot fulfill us. We look for fame at all costs. We are ready to do and undo. Just to get that thing, believing that if we have it, if we find it, if we acquire it and attain it, we'll somehow be happy. What happens? We get there in the process. We compromise our beliefs as Christians. Many of us have touched ungodly things. Our hands have been tainted. 
and we get the fame. Many of us, even in the process of trying to get the fame, lose our lives. How painful. By the time you get what you have been striving for and seeking for, suddenly you realize it's not what you're looking for. It's not enough. You're still not happy. You're still not content. You're still comparing yourself with others. You're still measuring yourself by yourself. What happens? The journey continues. You keep going. This time you say, if I can just get married, if I can marry that beautiful woman, have children, marry the husband man, handsome man, I'll be happy. We begin to run, looking for marriage, looking for a beautiful wife, looking for a handsome husband. Before we know it, what happens? I don't marry you. I've got married. Look, white wedding, traditional wedding, pictures on Facebook, everybody loves it. Now, let me ask you this question. Can marriage solve the problem of lust? Can marriage solve the problem of urge? Why is it today you see men married to beautiful wives that still go outside and sleep with someone who is ugly? Are you with me? I'm, I hope you follow what I'm saying. You see a marriage, beautiful husband, beautiful wife, and yet that man will still go outside and meet someone who is nowhere near as beautiful as their wife and meet them thinking they'll be satisfied. What happens? Their home breaks, children without father, children without mother. What you are looking for, you do not get it. What happens? What happens then? Continue the journey. And do you know what's happening at this time? Every day, we are getting older. Our hair is getting grayer. And we continue the journey. What else can I find? What else can I get? I'm looking for that thing. I'm looking for it. It must be somewhere. It must be somewhere. It must be somewhere. Where is it? And then you realize you're back to where you started. You have come, you've gone all the way around and come back to where you started. And you've still not found what you're looking for. Isn't that not painful? I don't know if you understand the example I'm giving here. Is that not painful? To exhaust your time, your strength, your talents, your energy, your efforts in the pursuit of something that finally fails you. And all the time, what you were looking for was here. right next to you. This is a picture of what's happening in our lives today. It's very painful when you achieve all that you've achieved without peace of heart. And do you know something, brethren? What we are running after, what we are pursuing, what we are seeking, 99% of us, the riches, the fame, the, the popularity, the, 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 the position before men, not before God, all of those things we are looking for, they end at the grave.
Riches end at the grave. Position ends at the grave. Popularity, fame, it ends at the grave. Both rich and poor will be buried at six feet alike. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return there. Why are we sweating and fighting and striving for something that cannot guarantee eternity? Brethren, this will bring us to the title of the message today. Peace before pleasure. Peace before pleasure. Brethren, you may, you may search all over, look far and wide, left and right, travel the world. But there's only one source of peace in this world, and that is the Prince of Peace, Jesus. There's nowhere else. There's no other direction you'll find it. There's no other. Nothing can satisfy you outside of Christ. Until you experience God, there will be dissatisfaction in your life. A, a, a desire to know what happens when life is over. Until you experience God, there will be dissatisfaction in your life. Let, let's turn in our Bibles to the proof text for today's message. It's taken from the book of John. Chapter 16 is a very well-known scripture. So I'm going to read from John chapter 16 verse 33. And it says, Jesus is talking here, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. We have quoted this scripture many times. We've received this sermon on many occasions. But reflect on what the Bible is saying there. The Bible says, Jesus is saying, in me you have peace. But in the world you have trouble. What does this mean? This world is full of trouble. And the only way you can pass through the troubles of this world in peace is when you are with Christ. There's no other way. The blessings of this world are a fading thing. So is the life itself on which it is bestowed. That's this world for you. Everything about this world is temporary. It's, it's, it's not lasting. We're living in an unsteady world. Look at what's happening in our society today. You can see plenty of examples of this. Every day you see that the stock exchange, the financial market changing. Today, what is worth 100 Naira, tomorrow can be worth 500 Naira. Just like that. 
It's changing. It's fluctuating. That's the world we're living in. You look at position. We talked earlier about the pursuit of position. Many people today, there are presidents of nations at, who are at the helm of the affairs of their countries who are today in prison. And you say that you want to secure your life through politics or position. There are presidents who are today in prison. There are stars in our society today who have made their name and fame all over the world. Today, they are suicide victims. Look at what's happening in the weather. You see the hurricanes, earthquakes that are striking this world. The nation that once rescued nations is now in need of rescue. What's going on? The world we are living in is unsteady, it's not stable, it's not lasting, it's not secure. And as far as you base your life on the things of this world, you can never be steady. As far as you are still seeking and pursuing and running after the things of this world, you can never be fulfilled. Because the Bible said the world in its present form is passing away. That's what's happening. Check yourself, check society, check history. They will agree to this truth. So why is it today that we still continue to seek that which we know will not fulfill us? Why? What's going on? Something we know that is poisonous, we still continue to eat it and then complain when we get sick. Today, you'll realize that people in our society are no longer content you get two, you want four. You get four, you want eight. You get eight, you want 16. Many people today are busy trying to, to change their appearance because they're not content with what God has blessed them with. You see fat people want to be thin. Thin people want to be fat. You see people that uh, God has created them in a certain color. They want to change their color, want to bleach, want to change. You see some people, God has blessed them with hair. They're adding more hair on their hair. I'm just giving you an example. People are not content. You know, yesterday, a few weeks ago, a sister came to me in the church and said, Evangelist, please, I need prayer. Can you give me morning water? I have a terrible headache. A terrible headache and I need to study for my exams. But when I looked at her, she has got added some hair from here to here. I say, you don't need morning water, you need scissors. Cut off the hair and the headache will go. <laughs> I hope you're following what I'm saying. We're not content today. We want to add more to this, take more from this. If we have this latest gadget, this latest technology, before we know it, we want the late next one. The iPhone 8 is down, then the iPhone 10 comes out, we want to change it to get this. We have these latest things, these fads, these fashions that we always want. The new car comes out, we want to get it. We have a beautiful car we've been praying for for years, but the moment a new latest model comes out, we want another one. For how long will you continue to run after things that will never satisfy you? And you know what's happening today? People are now coming to church and bringing their selfish ambitions to the house of God. People come to church, you see them worship, you see them praise, you see them pray, but what they are seeking is still the same things that will not fulfill them. 
The prayers that we offer in church many times are centered on what we can get from God, not who God is. We want results, not relationship. We want the fruits, not the root. You know, uh, there was a brother that came to me two weeks ago. This is a true story. Two weeks ago in the church here, after the service, and he, he came, he was very, very, very uh, worried. He came to me, rushed to me. Let me give you an example. Brother, brother, please help me. Please take this prayer request. The man was crazy. Tell your neighbor, crazy. I'm talking about someone that was really panicking. Now, I told him, you are at the altar. Go and drop the prayer request at the altar. He said, no, you must give this prayer request directly to TB Joshua now. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, now, just to calm the brother down, I collected it. Just to calm him down because I didn't want to create a scene in the church. Now, when I looked at this prayer request, I have to be sincere, I looked at it. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Before I can present something, I need to look at what's inside. This is the prayer request. Number one, money. Number two, money. I'm not joking. Number three, money. Number four, money. Number five, money. Number six, those behind my poverty should die. <laughs> now let me ask you this question. <laughs> if you present such a petition before God, you want God's results but you're not ready for God's processes. You want it now. You don't care how it comes. You want it now. But what if God knows you are not yet ready for that blessing? What if God knows if that blessing comes to your life, it may likely produce a temptation that will lead you away from Him? Do you think God will not withhold the blessing until you are spiritually ready? But today we want now. Give me now. I want it now. Take it now. God, in seven days, if I don't get my contract, I'm not coming to church again. This is a covenant between you, Lord. If the blessing comes, 80% of it, I'm coming to the church here. Now, lie. What am I trying to say, brethren? Even in the church, we've turned the church to a place where we're busy seeking what we want from God, not what God wants for us. Today, when the man of God offers mass prayer, he'll begin, you guys know this thing, you'll begin, he'll begin to say, breakthrough. People will say, amen. He says, breakthrough in your health. People will say, amen. Breakthrough in your spiritual life. People will say, amen. Breakthrough in your finances. Amen. <laughs> He'll say, he'll say, breakthrough in your future, amen. Breakthrough in your relationship with God, amen. Breakthrough in your finances, your business, amen. But if you have finances without peace, can you enjoy it? If you have big blessings in your business without the relationship with God to guide you, can you manage it? Why can't we come back down? and starts from the right foundation. We're so consumed by building and not concerned by the foundation we are building on. 
And the Bible says, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. For when the storms and troubles and temptations and trappings of this world come, the building will stand strong. But the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. And he may build an elaborate, beautiful mansion, reaching to the skies, filled with the latest technology, gadgets, and gizmos. But when the storms of life come, what you've built for years can be destroyed in seconds. This is the reason today people have hypertension. You see people living in a mansion as if they are living in a bush. Do you know what I mean by that? You have everything on the outside, but you don't have peace on the inside. You have fear, worry, anxiety. These things are holding you in bondage. Brethren, time will not permit us to give more and more examples of the message I'm talking about in our society today. And once again, I'm not here to condemn. I'm not here to judge. I'm simply calling you to a period of self-examination. You cannot afford to remain the same. For how long? For how long will we continue to run to church? For how long will we continue to say amen when the pastor says in Jesus' name. And yet that amen does not ripple into our life. For how long will we continue to watch Emmanuel TV? Pray along anytime the man of God prays for breakthrough. We pray. We declare it. We say it is mine. We fast. And yet our life does not reflect peace. We're still not content, we're, not, we're, we're afraid, we're, we're still busy running after the things that we know cannot actually guarantee our future, and we, we pursue pleasure at the price of peace. Pleasure of the flesh that you may enjoy for a moment and then bring pain for a lifetime. Ask Samson, he will tell you. He will tell you that a night of pleasure is not worth a lifetime of blindness. Brethren, I'm not trying to tell you that you should not work for the things of this world that we need to take care of ourselves. I'm not trying to say that you should not take care of yourself or look after your appearance or such things. There's nothing wrong with these. But not at the expense of peace. Not, not at the expense of peace will you begin to, to secure your earthly possessions and rob yourself of heavenly truths. For what? How many more examples do you want to see in society, in your own life, for you to know that what you are, if, if you continue to eat those things, they will continue to poison you? What more evidence do you need before you change? Brethren, the ball is in your courts. The message today is peace before pleasure. (laughs) 
let, let, me, let me read another scripture as we're coming to a close of today's message. This scripture is from the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36 to 37. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? his own soul let us pay any price to protect our relationship with Christ if your hand causes you to sin what should you do cut it off it's nonsense to confess Jesus and behave in a contrary manner you're coming to church, reading the scriptures. People will see you sitting down on a manual TV. But when you go back home, you seek that which is contrary to what you learn in the church. You go back home, your life is revolved. And how do we know such? How do we know? We know because you are not content. You're not fulfilled. The evidence of true Christianity does not lie in your church attendance. How do we know those who are true children of God? When you have peace in the storm. The Bible says, in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble. That means the world is filled with trouble, but people of God have peace in the midst of the storm. Stillness in the midst of the chaos. Calmness in the midst of the panic and pandemonium. That's how we know children of God. Not by your tithe payments. Not by how loud you pray. Not by how fervently you worship. Not by how well you attend your services. Please attend church. But when you leave church, stay close to the head of the church. Jesus. Because only He can give you peace that surpasses all understanding. There's no other way. There's no other route. There's no other source of peace in this world. But Jesus. So in conclusion, if you, if you could fight for peace the way you fight for politics, just imagine how your life would look like. Are you with me? You see people today, they are ready to fight, even draw blood, even kill for the sake of someone or something that does not even determine their destiny. You hear the news reports, people have been killed, innocent lives lost just in the pursuit of a political ambition. If you can fight for peace, the way you fight for that, do away, deal with anything in your life that is taking you away from Christ. Just imagine what your life would look like. If you can be passionate for peace, the way you show passion for your football team. 
I'm not saying it's bad to watch football. I'm giving an example. You see today when Manchester United, Chelsea are playing, you see the passion, you see the joy, you see the enthusiasm of people. People are even ready to fight because of football. How much more so because of peace? If you can care for peace the way you care for your handsets, Praise the Lord. If you can care for peace the way you care for your phone. I'm not saying it's bad to care for your phone. I'm just giving an example. These are physical things that we fight for. We are conscious of. We know the value of. If you can do that for a material thing, how much more so? Peace. You You can care for your appearance. How much more so should you care for your hearts? No one would go out in the morning and look shabbily dressed or look unkempt. But many of us, our bodies are glowing and beautiful, but our hearts are dirty. Pay any price to protect your peace. May God bless His Word in the midst of our hearts and make us not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word in Jesus' name.